everyone, and welcome everybody to Unrestricted Radio and Unrestricted Paranormal. I am your host, Dan Hallward of the Southern Michigan Paranormals, and we've got a return guest with us, Nathaniel Gillis, is going to be with us here uh, today. Um, you know, you folks can't see him, but uh, we can see each other as we talk, and of course, you're all tuning into the audio adventure, if it were, the episode uh, here on Unrestricted Radio. And before we get to Nathaniel, and, and uh, I'm going to thank him immensely um, for being here right off the bat. But, but before we get to him, I want to have everybody uh, go over and check out our sponsor, which is Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. It's an 1895 bed and breakfast in downtown Kalamazoo. If you're coming here to have a stay, you can't you can't beat it. 1895 built by Frank and Mary Henderson of the Henderson Ames fame. And uh, yours truly will be given a ghost hunt once a month. And uh, you can book one of those as well. Also, Gun Barrel Coffee. Uh, you know, you've had the rest. Drink the best Gun Barrel Coffee out of Batavia, Illinois. Roasted by veterans, sold by veterans, and proceeds from sales of everything in that shop go to help out veterans. And last but not least, Historic Hotel Nichols, which is where I am broadcasting tonight from here in South Haven, Michigan. So the next time you're coming to the lakeshore, the big lake itself, Lake Michigan, come to South Haven, Michigan and book your stay. Your stay, not your stay, your stay at Historic Hotel Nichols. Nathaniel Gillis is a religious demonologist and author. After living in a haunted house, Nathaniel spent 20 years researching what uh, it was that he encountered. Nathaniel is the founder and uh, of, now I'm going to try to get this right again. I did the first time, okay? Preternatural, epiphenomenal philosophy. Nathaniel has caught, has sought to redefine the nature of haunting phenomena, ghosts, and high strangeness. He's often quoted for his concept of the demonic. Uh, the reason they are playing by different rules is because they're playing by a different game. Nathaniel, I know you've beat the COVID, man. Thank God, and, yeah, and yeah. thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me on. It's it's a, it's an honor to be back with you guys again, and congratulations on your audience growing. I think that's a monumental moment for a podcast to have. So congratulations on that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, and we're going to thank Stacy Lee. I know that she listens to these on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. She is the person running Unrestricted Radio, and and I'll tell everybody real quick: go to unrestrictedradio.com. Tell your friends, your neighbors, even the relatives you do not like. Tell them it's free. They can download the app. You can listen on your phone while you're driving in the car. I do. And she plays music and bands and stuff that you're not going to hear mostly on your local station. Anything from grudge punk, punk metal horror, uh, punk metal. I mean, you name it. She's playing it. Uh, we've got independent artists that are also doing uh, bluegrass and everything else. But uh, thanks to her. So, Nathaniel, um, we had you uh, with us in June. And I'm going to reintroduce you to a whole new bunch of people, a whole new audience. I have to I ask again, what happened to you and what got you started on this journey? This And this is a vast journey. This covers many yeah. areas of the paranormal. Yeah, it does. And so my introduction to this field came after my family moved into a new house at the young age of eight. So I was eight years old. I tell everybody mostly it's eight and a half because when I was that age, you know, that half meant something. Like I'm almost, almost mm-hmm. nine. Right. But, uh, you know, I was eight years old and my family moved into a house in East Dayton, Ohio. And when I first entered the house, it wasn't after we purchased, it was actually at the open house. My parents were showing me, you know, the basement, the kitchen, the different rooms. And my dad took me by the okay. hand and he said, hey, man, he goes, this is going to be your room if and when we purchase the house. And immediately when I entered that room that was going to be mine, I would I, I smelled this 
it smelled like decomp. It smelled like a dead body. And what's funny is I, I knew it smelled like that, but I'd never smelled a dead body before in my life. But it was like, it was just immediately, it hit me and I just kind of recoiled. And as I was looking at the room, I was putting together in my mind, I'm, like, yeah, I'm going to put my bed here. I'm going to put my PlayStation over here. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get my room together and this is going to be right. mine. And for some reason, I was drawn into the corner of the room where there was a bed that belonged to the family that, I, that was living in the house at the time. And I, for some reason, I can't tell you to this day why, but I felt moved to just uh, get on my hands and knees and open up the bed flap and look underneath the bed. And when I did, there was a, a little girl. Uh, she may have been about three feet, four feet tall. She had long flowing black hair. She was pale in complexion, had a white linen dress that looked to, to have been made during the turn of the century. Holy cow. And just right there that close. And when that happened, I freaked out and then yeah. she looked at me and she wiggled her body, shimmied it all the way to the back of the wall. To which point I kind of was like, all right, this ain't, this ain't it. This ain't my this room. This isn't normal. Yeah. Yeah. This... Yeah, exactly. Right. And so it's so funny now, but back then it was horrible, you know? Yeah. So, so then I went in the kitchen with my parents and I just sat down on the chair and listened to them talk to the realtor up at home. And so once we actually moved into the house itself, the entity mutated. It did not evolve. It mutated into something much more malevolent. So you're talking shadow figures, a ghostly apparition that would kind of flow like a smoke. And then it would, where's my camera? Then it would just kind of weave its way into the corner of the room to which it would become a dark cloud. And uh, it, was a, it was a crazy time of my life because I was trying to go to school and I was being haunted. I mean, I, it wasn't just manifestations that I could like that were happening while I was awake, but I was going to sleep with it. Was this, like on a, was this like a nightly thing or did it come and go? Yes. No, it was a nightly thing. I mean, it would, uh, it, you know, Holy whenever, cow. whenever I was alone, when the parents went to sleep, my brother went to sleep, then it would begin to manifest. I could hear it uh, walking on our wooden floors and creaking all the way up to my door and then it would stop oh and then you could feel it enter the room. <sighs> and um, yeah, it was a thick, heavy presence. It, it was like, um, it made you feel like you were the smallest thing in the universe. It made me feel like a particle in its presence. It filled everything. And then after uh, it manifested to me in apparitions and stuff, uh, shadow figures even, it began to enter my dreams at night, at nightmares. So in the nightmare, um, I mean, I, I'm telling you guys, I couldn't run from it. I mean, it, it, I could not and run you, from this. Were thing. you telling your parents or anybody of this stuff at the time? Yeah, yes, I was. What were they, what yes, were they saying to you? Um my dad was working first shift and we were barely making it. And so many of the times I would just drag my, uh, my bed into their room and it would leave me alone. It wouldn't, you know, and I could wouldn't feel go it. Into their, wouldn't go to any no, other space in the not, house. It would not. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Well, wow. there was one time it entered the bathroom with me, but that was at the very end of it where it actually left. Okay. So we could talk about that too. But up until that, at that point, you know, it was, it was wild because the dream encounters were even worse because I would, I would sleep, I would slip into this dream and I would feel the same entity in the dream as I felt awake. Uh, the dream consisted of the same blueprint of events. It was always in black and white and it was always me floating towards this shelter in a park where you would have family reunions, birthday parties, all that stuff, picnic tables and everything. And it's black and white and I see these two uh, teenagers are sitting side by side with their backs turned towards me. They're both on the same picnic table. 
you know, when I, when I'm in the dream, when I realize I'm looking, who I'm looking at and I'm well, not who, but what I'm looking at are two young men, the one on the left had a needle in his arm. And again, I was innocent, you know, I didn't even know what, you know, how to make babies. I, I didn't know what puberty was. I was just an yeah. eight year old, you know, whatever going on, you know, and uh, so he turns at me and he just kind of acknowledges me, whatever his brother though, I, I say it was his brother, could have been his friend, but he looks at me, turns around and he notices me, makes eye contact. And then he just gets this, this really malevolent, haunting grin. And he pulls out a black 357 Magnum, puts it in his mouth and pulls the trigger. And it was a recurring nightmare. So then I would wake up in a cold Good sweat Lord. and that presence would be in the room and I would just start really, really man, that's, freaking out. And that's intense, horrific stuff, man. So, you know, obviously, like you said, as a kid, you're not going to know with an OD or, yeah. I mean, the suicide you probably figured out, obviously, rather quickly. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that was. My but, God. I mean, now the entity itself, I know where I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit. Did it, ever, did it ever kind of manifest itself as being a male or a female or was it just whatever it wanted to be? It type didn't. Of thing? It was whatever it wanted to be. Exactly right. It went, you know, it went from a little girl, you know. Right. And, you know, I, I, at first when I encountered it, I thought it was just a neighborhood kid that snuck in when we, you know, maybe the family left, what, you know, the doors are open and a realtor got there in the middle of the lake, maybe they snuck in. I had no context, right? I had no idea. So as a kid, I mean, I was trying to rationalize this entire phenomenon right, in my head. Right. And, uh, you know, so I, I started thinking, I, I started creating a coping mechanism for the trauma. You know, am I afraid of this entity because I don't know what it is? These are very... These are very deep questions. I mean, it was forcing me to ask these questions. And I mean, I, I know press psychologists that haven't asked these questions yet. But you know, what, what was the fear I was feeling? Was it a projection of it? Was it wanting me to be afraid? Or was it just in my presence and I was fearful of it because it was different than I, it was alien right, than I am, right. right? Or it's something that I did not understand. And, uh, you know, it was crazy, man. I, I remember one day I spent the, the well, I, so I used to go to church then, I had a local church. And my, Parents often let me sleep over at my friend's house who lived next to the church. So, um, like between Sunday services, I would go over to his place right across from the church. We play like Gold Nine video games, and then probably get tired of taking a nap until choir service, or whatever. And uh, we took a nap, and uh, we're all kids, man. And so I'm in his his bed. I'm using his bed to sleep, and, he, and across the hallway, I see him laying next to his mom, single mother. He they're both asleep. And as soon as I start to doze off, I could hear that entity walking up their stairs, right, displacing its weight all the way up to where I was. And I could, and then as soon as I got to my door, it was just silent. And I know, oh my, I know, oh my God, it's here. I cannot escape it. So, you know, it, it, it educated me by virtue of confrontation. And I had to learn about it. I had to force myself to be in its presence. I mean, it wasn't something that would just leave you, you know, I mean, if I went to the restroom, it was with me. When I took a shower, it was with me. It was, I wouldn't say it was omnipresent in the sense of deity, uh, but it was very much around me most of my childhood, at least, you know, eight, eight years old on. But, you know, the older I became, the more, once we moved out of the house, I really wanted to understand what that was all about. Well, are there other texts that I can read? Are there teachings that I can get a hold of that would educate me on this phenomenon? What is it? Why is it? What What was I smelling? You know, why Why would it enter? What was it after? Stories? I mean, I, that's what I would ask. Right. What exactly was it after? Exactly. Just right. feeding what on you? your fear? You know, what was it? What was it Perhaps. doing? Perhaps. 
Perhaps, you know, that, and that gets into their victimologies, you know, what, yeah. what, exactly yeah. right. Why would it victimize me and not others? Or yep. why is it that house, not the other house? And it's a very complicated question. But, you know, it, it demands attention. It demands dedication and consecration to to the literature to comprehend this phenomenon. You know, it's not just I, I don a priestly caller. Next right. thing I know, I can go in and deal with these entities. They are known. Like, okay, we have histories of these entities breaking the necks of men that they didn't like, that they encountered. Okay, some of the Middle Ages, they would snap the neck and turn the head all the way back around the body and then throw their butts in the middle of a, of a, of a an alley somewhere and the clergy the next day would have to go put them up and realize okay he encountered one of these entities and they didn't like it so it, it really inspired me to to at least give a portion of my life to researching what they are what they're all about and so from that point on you know my family was still going to a local church and uh but we left that and so i i did have some training of spiritual warfare from the ministers that would come through and preach Right. And uh, a portion of them were not, you know, they were really, really, really gifted people. I mean, really gifted. The guys that would go away and fast for two or three weeks every month, you know, and when they came and ca- encountered with these entities, it was like, you know, it, it was crazy how, how powerful. Anyways, so I'm moving on. Uh, you know, my research uh, was primarily demonology. That was my discipline for the longest time. And I'm known for being a demonologist. Uh, but I think that as of now, my research is, uh, is stepping beyond the boundaries of demonology because I believe the paranormal field, the UFO abduction phenomenon and demonology, they're all encompassing, they're all the same entities, but they're wearing different masks. And so where I'm, what I'm doing now is uh, I'm doing different paranormal shows, obviously the bigger shows too, but I'm also doing these UFO podcasts where I'm reaching out to the UFO field and saying, hey, listen, ufologists, we've got a serious problem here because these seem like the same entities. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, I was going to congratulate you too on your uh, your uh, um, spot on uh, coast to coast. I yeah, was uh, actually uh, right after you were. I mean, short time after being on with us in June, I heard you and I was yeah. doing my overnight gig. You know, I came out of yeah. retirement doing my security gig, and he said, "And our guest tonight, Nathaniel Gillis, will be with us." And I'm like, "No way! <laughs> no way!" I, we just had him on the show. So, congrats, Dude, man. That's that's big thanks, time. Thanks, man. Yeah. That, I'll yeah. Tell you what, many people Did a good don't job. know this. Thank you. It's tough, man. I mean, uh, that was my, okay. Many people don't know this. Not me, Brad. Trust me. I cried like a baby when it first happened. Okay. So my very first radio show ever before I did a podcast, a radio show, anything, I was on coast to coast. That was my very first show. And that was three years ago now. Very cool. Since then. Yeah. So it's different, man, but I appreciate it. So, you know, now I'm trying to, to at least uh, get the attention of many ufologists in the field, even parapsychologists and say, listen, guys, we're not just dealing with the nuts and bolts phenomenon, and it's not just, uh, you know, found. The phenomenon is not just found in modernity. It's not. I'm sorry, guys, not really, but it's not a phenomenon that just showed up in the '40s or '50s. You know, it's been around it's, for since the dawn of time, right? Exactly right. I mean, Ever since, I mean, that's what I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I believe they've been around since the first person died. And I can't prove that now, but maybe one day. That's just my humble opinion. Right. No, I'm with you because I always <laughs> tell people that the, the, the dead outnumber the living. And that yeah. kind of, they think about it for a second. It kind of blows their minds. I'm like, this isn't a new thing. You know, a lot of this stuff Correct. is not new. Uh, it's been yeah. going on. It's it's in the Bible. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. You know, and so that's where I'm, really at. That's where, where I'm at right now in my, my research. Uh, and really, you know, putting myself into the data. The data is uncomfortable, man. Right. It. It's very chilling, you know. I mean, and what's weird about it is it's not just all bad. We have we do have cases of, of benevolent entities 
And so as researchers, we have to sit down and say, okay, are we dealing with different entities? Are we dealing with one species of entities that's using the positive to manipulate, you know, and all this stuff? It's complicated stuff, but, um, you know, I love it. I love the research. I'm glad that I'm glad that you and there's others, I, you know, that I've talked to are doing, you know, mm-hmm. similar work um, because I feel there's a real connection, as you, as you just pointed out to yeah. most of it. Um, the dichotomy is as strange as it may seem. It's really not that strange. It's been around forever. But I right. think making a lot of the connections too seems like a new thing to a lot of people. But yeah. I've been hearing that from some some of the older school guys back in the 70s, you know. Uh, who were trying to talk about that and they were shouted down or they're made fun. Correct. And, and now, you know, it, like you said, it's coming, it's coming full circle. It's, it's more of a respected, uh, I think, mm-hmm. I won't say idealism, but it's, I think a theory because <laughs> the theory is based yeah. on a lot of things that are lining up, you know, factual, if that makes any sense to anybody. It is. You know, so, it's, it's, it's crazy. Sad. Not to interrupt you brother, but it's sad. No, it's almost no. like many ufologists won't accept it unless they see a UFO abduction that, that sounds like it. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, unless they know about it or, or, you know, unless they interview the individual, well, I don't have proof of that. It's like, well, just read the literature. We have witch air literature, we have medieval demonology. We have ancient demonology. You know what I mean? And so what, what happens though, is we have a lot of people, this is specifically ufology, we're facing two different issues. Many even, um, and I, I'm good friends with demonologists and I love them. I'm, I'm, not, I'm excluding them from this, okay? Um, but there are, even many demonologists are ignorant of their own profession, their own discipline. To them, it's cosplay. It's it's just another way to sell tickets and sell and prostitute fear. And so we face that front of Amen. complete ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, and thanks. then and then we I have. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's terrifying. Uh, and then we go into the ufology field, and it's not just ignorance. It's um, it's abstinence. I don't want to know. Yeah. And, 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 and people fighting amongst each other in every field. Yeah. Every field. It's re- especially on UFO <laughs> Twitter. I mean, those guys. Oh yeah. Oh hard. yeah. Yeah. Very you terrible. Know, it's sad. And, and I'm yeah. glad you mentioned the fear, the fear product too, that comes out of a lot of the, you know, at least let's say the line of, I won't say work that I'm in, but the line that I do with paranormal investigating, which is to go in to show that people are actually having something right. that's going on that's otherworldly that's all i do um but but in that process too like you i've learned and i've seen that there are people making a buck on it there are people just fighting right. left and right and there are a lot of demonology people that i've come across and then i'm not putting you in that field because oh, I I, i've i've had you on the show i've listened to you on other programs um you know what you're talking about there's other folks like you said they treat it like a game it's a money maker um, I had a debate with a local guy here not too long ago, and he didn't like my my attitude towards the dead, and I wasn't really on about his because everything with him was all about fear, negative. Everything was out to get everybody, and I'm like, dude, that's not. I'm not can't with be. that. I'm sorry, I'm not. It can't be. Right. I'm not with that. There's more. There's more power <laughs> and goodness and light than there is the darkness. But mm-hmm. I digress. The no, show's about you, not me. <laughs> so no, go it's ahead. all good, man. Take go over, ahead, man. Shoot. Uh, you know, that's, that's, and it's troubling because, you know, you have a one, one field that's not interested in this work because they don't want to, they're trying to make a buck off of it. The other field where you do have true, you have a lot of intellectuals in the field of ufology, good thinkers, man. As uh, my, my buddy, Dr. Steve Brule would say, they got good thinkers, man. They got good, Steve Brule's a John C. Riley character. Anyways. Um, I know who that is. Yeah. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. Just make sure, make <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, all right. You know, and they're smart individuals. Uh, it's just that um, for whatever reason, many of them are agnostic and atheists. 
and, and they don't believe in religion. It's like, I don't care if you believe in religion. Forget dogma. Look at the data. Forget, you know, the, the religiosity, the relegate Latin, you know, bind by obligation. Take all that, throw it away, and look at their experiences, right? Look at what they're calling angels. Look at what they're calling demons. And so now what I have to do is go into the field and kind of decipher that stuff. Do I believe they were demons? Well, I believe people consider them to be demons. Well, sure. Exa exactly. Right. You have to have to like thread the needle here because yep. it's yep. true. It's true. You know, yeah. in many cases, I believe they consider these entities be angels too. You know, and the the, 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 the way they deciphered these entities were by intention. Did they give me a good word? Or did they make me feel uncomfortable? Was I afraid of them? Did they give me something negative? And so, so you know, that, that's why uh, in the Greek, the demon daemon needs to divide destinies. There's two of them. I don't like this one. I'll choose the other one. This, you know, all that stuff. So you have to, you have to sift through uh, the muck and mire to at least point the way into the next dimension of thought here. Because we do have data here. We do have case studies that yeah. point to these entities being present in the earth as far back as the late Iron Age. That's when Noah existed. That's the Enuma Elish. That's, I mean, you know, so, so that's why when I listen to all these ufologists are saying, you know, the, the modern UFO abduction phenomenon didn't exist until the 1940s, the 1930s and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, but many of these entities are abducting people by virtue of dream states. Then you got to go back in antiquity and say, okay, when, what kind of demon would put a person to sleep and then abduct their soul out? So we're going to get into that research too. But that's, that's really where I am. And, and, and let, let alone, let alone, you know, uh, the mythology and things that are passed on Correct. through different cultures. And it connects to these stories. You're like, listen, man, there's got to be, there's got to be an ounce of truth in most of these, these encounters right. and these stories that lead into different things. You know, let's go back to, you know, to the Roman, the Romans uh, or the Greeks, you know, with their, with their gods and Zeus and all these people. Who yeah. the hell knows? Who the hell knows what they were? Uh, I'm a guy who believes that this these probably existed, even though I believe in God too. That doesn't mean there sure, weren't other things too, going too. on, man. You know, that's right. Yeah. I'm just a Looney Tune thinker, I guess. I'm out of the box. <laughs> but what that's what I think. Woo, woo I know. Yeah, that's woo. what I think. Well, you know, I think it's a good position to be in. Right. I don't think that this the data has to make me an atheist or an agnostic. I know what I've experienced in my life. I, I you know, I, I I've encountered. Uh, I've had angelic experiences, um, which I don't, I don't ever get in them, but you know, so anyways, yeah. So the data sample speaks for itself, whether or not we want it to exist, whether or not we want to believe it, it, it right. exists. Now, unless these entities are trying to look like demons to us, they're just mimicking the other entities that we consider demons, then, then maybe we need to consider the fact that our ancestors did their best to describe them according to their awareness Correct. Right. And so we did not inherit definitions. We inherited descriptions of these entities. And right. so, right, it's not it's not a monolithic. Uh, it's not of monolithic nature here. And so if we look at the descriptions, then um, the implications are quite terrifying. They're great because I've said this before on a show. It's like, you know, uh, flaming chariots in the sky with fire coming right. out of the back. They didn't know what the hell these things were. So Correct. at their time, that's all that they could acquaint this stuff with is anything they were familiar with, man. Yeah. I mean, got to think on exactly that. Right. Yeah, it's right. the way they traveled. And then the way right. they traveled is like a chariot that flew. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very, because it's it's the only way to do description. It. Yeah, you were right on the description. So what did what did man say? Well, they look like flaming chariots. What do you mean? Correct. <laughs> you know, they weren't, yeah. but that's all they could think of. That's all they had. 
and you know in a way it's 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 i guess it points to our ignorance of it you know i mean what is it what was the best way we can explain it at this moment in history it doesn't mean it's gonna not gonna change two thousand years right, later we're like right. hey it's a disc matter of fact my god flying saucers that's a big one just saucers you know like like you know like cook, cooking ware and dishes yeah and they come in all shapes and sizes man but that just yeah. that's the one that hung that's the one that everybody hung exactly on. You're right. right. You're right. So, like, yeah. who says another hundred years, two hundred years from now, people like they call saucers a bunch of idiots. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, look at, yeah, look at the ones evolve. that look like look like the Betten Bells. You know what I mean? Come on. Oh my God! Yeah, and some that even look like just giant orbs. Yep. Right. That's yep. weird too. I don't know what I, I. Yeah. So you know, one thing that's really interesting is is that um, there's at least a portion of our ancestry that considered and communicated with these entities as though they were their deceased ancestors, as though they were ghosts. That is unique. That yeah. your eyes got bigger. <laughs> well, you're talking, you're talking my language and yeah. I throw, I throw that out too. Maybe, maybe you're wearing off on me and, and many people <laughs> like you're wearing off on me. I've, yeah. I've said the same thing, you know, that, um, sometimes when I'm getting responses on electronical devices, that's my wife. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, every, you know, anytime I'm ca capturing voices or I get certain things, I tell them I'm not always convinced that I'm just speaking to dead people. Correct. And again, that's why my eyes get big and other people's eyes get big and they're like, whoa, where are you going with this? Like, well, it'd take another two hours to go into it. Correct. I, I could be talking to, yeah, the demons. I could be talking to the angels. I could be talking to parallel existences. I don't know who the hell is mm -hmm. talking to me sometimes because some of the stuff they tell me does not make a lick of sense Correct. when I do get, you know, some yeah. straightforward answers. If that if that makes any sense to you. Oh, it does, man. I was uh, investigating with a friend of mine at the Brownlee Cottage and uh, we had an EVP. This crazy, man. It's one of the best EVPs I've ever encountered, at least in my own career. And it'll probably, everybody else probably feel probably, okay, that wasn't enough. But, you know, I considered, I was like, wow. So, you know, we're doing an EVP session, lights are off, you know, that's how it is. Yeah, my friend said, uh, would you like to say hello to my friend that's standing to the left of me? Matter of fact, I'm sorry, I went back up. She said, uh, who is this? Uh, who is my friend? What's my friend's name that's standing to the left of me? And instantly a man's voice came through, Nathaniel. And... The air got really weird. The hair on the back of my neck stood up, and she just looked at me like, see, see? I'm like, oh, God. And it wasn't a case where it was a cleansing. It was just an investigation. So I did, I yeah. felt more comfortable then because <laughs> that's different, man. Oh, don't even know Oh, yeah. If you're, yeah, then you'd be a little concerned. <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> yeah, yeah. See you later, guys. It's been real. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I've had that, too, and my wife's been amazed at hearing those and other people. You know, we just did a one here at the hotel. And it said my name and a couple of the investigators' names a few times. And I told them, don't get all worried and upset yeah. unless you go home and weird things start happening. Then maybe you want to be a little worried. But yeah. I've heard that before a few times, and it's still unsettling. Anytime yeah, my name is. is mentioned and I don't ask for it or somebody says, who's in the room with us? Yeah. And, and they don't say Daniel. Fair. They don't say Daniel. They say Danny, which is there my birth go. name. So Dude, been there, sense. man. It's, it's wild, man. So you're exactly right because that's what happened to me the second time. Uh, same place, like literally three seconds oh later. She Then she says, okay, well, do you want to say hi to him? That's crazy as a female male's voice came through and the man interrupted her and said, I've got it. And then he said, hey, Nate. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was straight up. It was, it was awesome, you know. But um, 
I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can't lump them all in the same. We can't. We can't. You know, was a basket here, but but there is there's a species here that that remains that is worth considering, and I think that's really the the narrative that I'm researching right now. I like to hear that, and and I got to ask you a question too. You know, since yeah. around the spirit thing, and um, where does it put you? I think on occasion. When they when they say stop or they're asking you to leave, have you stopped what you're doing, or have you explained that you're not going to stop and that you're you, why you're there, and do you continue? Because I I've, I myself have said, listen, we're not we're not going to stop, we're not going to leave, yeah. we're just here to communicate. We're here doing a thing that we're asked to do or that we're we're curious about, and mm-hmm. I continue forward now. But there has been occasion, like at Henderson Castle, when we thought I thought Mary had talked to me and said, look, I've 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 been here. It's time to leave. And then I told mm-hmm. everybody we're done. We packed up and left. You know, in those cases, I try to get a statement of intent or give a statement of intent. This is why I'm okay. here. This is what I'm looking for. Right. This is I'm been called to this home. Um, if you are talking to the entity, it's going to be it's you and it. Like literally, it's almost like especially in incubus, it's man to man. We're going to be you know it's sometimes it's face to face, worst, but. Yeah, I look for a statement of intent. Who are you? Who am I? This is who I am. And then I just keep researching, keep investigating. Uh, now, if, if there's something that happens in the house during that, during the questioning, you know, what's going on here, right? Who am I talking to here? Right. Because just right. like the entity I had growing up, that wasn't a little girl. Oh, obviously not. Right. Obviously not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would run this past you too, because, you know, I trust your point of view on this. Um, we had a, a couple of things happen. Uh, which were a little off in a sense where, um, you know, there was, we had a lot of people here and I wanted to keep the numbers down, but with a lot of people, things still happened, but they happened very lightly, not until the very end in one particular room. But, um, you know, they, they, what sounds like to me on occasion when I've used mm-hmm. the ghost box, uh, cause we got a lot that weren't with the ghost box too. Um, it sounds to me like there's so many people trying to answer. And what I ask people like yourself, you know, when I have them on the shows, I mean, am I right in saying that, you know, once they become aware that someone's actually now hearing them and we can communicate, they, they come, they come running. It's like the phone to the dead. Does that sound right? Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. I found that to be true too. Um, Now that varies case to case, uh, but if it's a very powerful demon, you're going to have, like I haven't, I mean, I just, I mean, it's confrontation. Forget, forget even like using that stuff. Cause it's like, I've had it walk in the room and we only needed meters and, you know, the voice box, or whatever, uh, just a confirmation because I would literally have like, especially if it's an incubus case, like I said, uh, the woman is freaking out right. and you know, it's there. Don't have to ask questions. You know, it's there. Now there are also, I'm sorry, but no, how would you classify somebody speaking in my voice in a different room and giving an answer on someone's box? wouldn't like that at all that mimicking that mirroring of a man is something that's terrifying i mean i did i just did a show on strange recall and they had somebody that was knew i was going to be on and they asked me a question of is it okay if i go into some dark stuff real quick like yeah because like, we're, yeah. we're already do leaning in that direction no all do right. you think where uh because you know my my much of my disciplines about the incubus phenomenon or I mean, succubus phenomenon dealing with that stuff and, and researching it and uh, one of the experiencers that, that had reached out to uh, Jeff from Strange Recon reached out and said, okay, what about this situation? She said, you know, I'm, I'm making love to my husband and it's hot and heavy. And she's like, okay. Then after, gets up, 
walks to the bathroom and, and turns into a black smoke and disappears in the wall. Then she says, that's when I want to lean over and I realize my husband's been asleep the entire time, that entity. I'm telling you guys, we're missing something. We are missing something. The entity yeah, that's has terrifying. formed into the image of her husband. And yeah, so, so this stuff is, is not, I shouldn't use this word, but I will. It's not alien to any of us who understand history. And it shouldn't be alien to ufologists. Uh, but this phenomenon, specifically the behavioral pattern of the entity mirroring the husband to, to inseminate the wife, is, is a behavioral pattern that has stretched its draconian shadow all the way throughout history. And I believe that this uh, stealing of seed and uh, the, the harvesting of excretions, even from the deceased, these entities have been doing since, since antiquity. I believe it, it is, uh, it's the origins of the missing fetus syndrome. It's also the origins of the hybridization program. And we as demonologists, we would call that the incubi and succubi phenomenon. Truthfully, that's a behavioral pattern. That's a mask a way that these entities have been manipulating us as a species. I think that connection is a very intimate connection. And, and I'll go into this too. Many times I'll have women that contact me and say that they've experienced this phenomenon, uh, even to the point of UFO abduction. And that, that once they have a hysterectomy, the phenomenon stops. So right. much so, right. done. Yeah. Yep. And so which leads me to believe that a lot of these Ikebai cases are not about pleasure. As much as the woman might feel pleasure, it's not about it at all. To the entity, it's about insemination. I'm getting passionate. All right. You know, it's I like about it. insemination to create <laughs> it, a hybrid it, species. Right, right. It's procreation to continue their kind. Yes, sir. So to I mean, self-replicate. It's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's inbred in us, why wouldn't it be in, inbred in other species or entities Correct. or go? That's just reasoning, man. That's just logical yeah. reasoning, right? Yeah, I, I to, to hope it is. Some of it isn't. They're like, why is it? But I think it's pretty logical to think that. I mean, it's obvious to me. Yeah. And I know it is to you, you know. And so, so when you look at these footprints in the snow, we we do see patterns that are glaringly, like you said, apparent. Excuse me. And so I think that once we grasp that concept. Even okay, even if I was just a ufologist or if I was researching the UFO abduction phenomenon, I never heard of this data, never heard of these case studies. The very first case study I see, I'm gonna be like, oh my God, it's been here the whole time. Now I found uh, case studies all the way back to the Iron Age um, in Genesis 6, where these entities did to these women, to the wives, the same thing they're still doing to women today. And, and I always I talked about this a couple times, but I had one case that was a, an individual female in uh, India who said that these entities had. By the way, I need everybody to understand this: when you get into this kind of research and you're working with these experiences, you are forced to ask certain questions. I have to ask these questions because I want to know how much these entities are pulling out of their minds. How much do they really know about us, right? And then I, I, I copied the data, right? Okay, this is how much I could tell they know. They knew this about, okay. So I said, okay, she said these entities have been um, manifesting to me in the images of my lovers. And she just divulged this information. She said, you know, and she said, I've had eight lovers in my lifetime. And she's been with eight men. And she said that 
each of these entities or each, the entity has manifested in the image of each of these lovers. I said, okay. I said, now here's a question. I said, or is it manifesting to you in the image of lovers you've been with that war protection? Mm. Why? Mm. Because it's, it's real. Yeah. Right. He's right. realizing, okay, this, this uh, increases my probability of you letting me inseminate you. Right. Absolutely. It's very interesting. And so, yeah. So what's that tell us about this? It tells us that um, it's not just that they're pulling images out of our mind. They're pulling memories. They're almost like they're reliving our memories and they're noticing things and saying, okay, I'm going to manifest to you according to what you like. Uh, even with like with the, uh, the, uh, the succubus cases, we have men who have been approached like if they if they like latino women you know if they like big women small women, short short tall women it doesn't matter it's the whole gamut uh they'll manifest to them according to what they would sexually prefer them to be and then again it's an act it's a program to harvest and then the entity will manifest it's almost like you know they'll change into uh the, the incubus go to a woman and, and take what they just harvested and inseminate them now this is classic UFO abduction. We have it in a billion cases. A, b- a bunch, yeah. 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 So I think yeah. it's that aspect of them stepping into our minds, uh, pulling our thoughts out and everything. I think that's an absolute threat to us because I think that if China could do that, right, we would be responding to this phenomenon, you know, a little bit differently. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back for more on this discussion because I got a couple questions for Nathaniel. You're listening to Unrestricted uh, Paranormal. I'm Dan Hoyt of the Southern Michigan Paranormals. I would like to thank, uh, again, our sponsor, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. Gun Barrel Coffee, you've had the rest, drink the best, gunbarrelcoffee.com, and historichotelnichols.com. We'll be back for more, folks, right after these messages and some music.
Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Well, I've been Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome, but with help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free, it's confidential, it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you're not alone. Take a stand. Take a stand. Take a stand. Like my brother did, when he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did, when she asked the right questions. Like my friend did, when she made the call. You stood by us when we were in uniform, so stand by us now. Take a stand for those who served our country. If you're a veteran in crisis, or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. Hey, you listening to this podcast, I've got a message for you. If you've drank the rest, now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. We are the Gun Barrel Coffee Incorporated team. We are united by the love of coffee, guns, freedom, and America. What started as a hobby has turned into a high-quality home-roasted coffee enjoyed by family, friends, and now the public. We are proud to donate a portion of our proceeds to the organizations who support those who serve, those who protect and defenders of our rights and freedom. Accept no other substitutes. You've had the rest. Now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. You can find the guys at GunBarrelCoffee.com. So here's a toast to 
back and you are listening to unrestricted paranormal i am dan hallroyd with the southern michigan paranormals and i got to remember to mention also the midwest parahistorical society uh, a new group of guys i'm running around with kind of uh, showing them the ropes a little bit uh, learning from them they're learning from me um my 15 years of experience has kind of bent their ear a little bit on occasion but uh it is what it is and they're a great group of guys and uh uh, I've, I've had a lot of fun working with them. We are broadcasting tonight from the historic Hotel Nichols, and uh, it is a lot of fun being here tonight. You can probably hear my wife talking in the background, but it's all good. Uh, we're with Nathaniel Gillis uh, talking about some heavy stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's some humor involved, but there's some heavy <sighs> stuff, man. And, you know, uh, some of the things that, that happened on this plane I, – I've, I was told one time by a guest that it's not so much supernatural as it's supernormal. And as you said, it's been going on from since the dawn of time, no matter what belief system you have, whether you're a believer or not and whatever, um, you know, it's been going on. And I love your, your way of, of telling people that, listen, you know, it, it's much like the classic UFO abduction. If you listen to what happens there and then you listen to what happens with the, the demonic right. possession and the succubus and the incubus and all this stuff, it is, it sounds like a classical right. UFO abduction story uh, that mm-hmm. you hear across the board. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we won't even get into like the animal mutilations and all the other stuff that seems oh, to yeah. be attached because there's just some odd 
shit, and I'm going to say that word. There's just my <laughs> shit going on uh, yeah. with this stuff, and I think it's connected. Um, I, I don't know if I want to go as far as connecting it to, like, cryptids. Uh, maybe nah. with some of them I would, but not so much like Sasquatch, but I could be way off base, only because I'm such a Sasquatch lover, but we're not going to go there tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, back to what you were talking about. I have to ask, you know, have you worked many personal cases where, because I've got, I've got one that I'm trying to help an individual out where mm-hmm. what I'm fighting against is his Catholic upbringing. And mm-hmm. I don't mean to discourage anybody who's Catholic. My point there was that his thought process was already contaminated in such a sense that anything that may have been going on, he was automatically assigning everything as being evil, mm-hmm. demonic. Um, what he's had happen is when he lays down in his bed, he feels somebody poking his back and his legs. Mm-hmm. And he felt that it was, it started right after his father died and he doesn't feel that it's his father. I can't say one way or another that it is. I think it was most of his problems seems to be more of a psyche, a psychological type nature. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when I laid on his bed, it happened to me for a a second or two and I'm, I was kind of bewildered and uh, I did all the routine that I could with what little time I had in the room. And -hmm. I wanted to follow up with him, but I researched the area where he lives. I mean, I went, a hundred percent, just just like yeah. I do, but I wasn't ready to start using the D word because I'm I'm not a big fan of the D word for certain yeah. reasons because, like you said, everybody automatically assumes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You've worked anything that sounds similar to that? Maybe you could throw me some pointers. Yes, uh, matter of fact, the incubus case that I worked on started just like that. Um, they would always uh, the woman would go to bed at night, and the entity would would start moving the bed and you know, touching her hair, playing with her hair. And um, I would be looking at a succubus case. I don't, I wouldn't be looking at, I would look at his dreams. What is his dreams like? Is he in, is, you know, but asking those questions. Uh, so, but yeah, that's how that case started. It was uh, started out as a very light thing. And then the yeah. husband came over and said, you know, I don't believe this is occurring. And then it gave him Bell's palsy. Oh, the but, Mm. Oh yeah, punched him in the face. Like they, they, they're, they're separated now. Like it, it was rough, man. Um, but I wouldn't call that necessarily demonic, you know. I mean, the poking you. I mean, that's not really. No, because I, I I'm like you. I, I mean, I, I've not studied what you're studying, but I've studied yeah. a little bit on it. And, and I'm looking for certain signs, symbols, descriptions, and what's going on with the person. And I told him, you're not saying one thing that would lead me to be worried at this right. point. You know, right. the poking is sleeping, and his brother has experienced it one time. It's mainly in his bed, but he's experienced one other time. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, well, you can believe all you want that maybe it's not your father uh, mm-hmm. trying to get your attention or communicate with you. I'm just not sure where to go. And he's had prayer sessions. They've come to his mm-hmm. house. He asked me in because he figured maybe, you know, outside the box, he, he knew he knows what I do. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there, and as I said, I, I gave him my time, and I'm still – checking up on him, see how he's doing. So it's still kind of going, not as often as it used to, but it still happens. And I said, well, you know, unless there's something violent or something terrible that you're going to start sharing with me, Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't, I didn't, I'm still not sure where to go with it. I'll tell you what, usually with these demonic cases, it's not just the poking and prodding. I mean, it's not, sometimes there is, but what I mean by that is not every case that pokes and prods a demon, but you do have demonic cases that start out like like that. that. Right. Right. So that was my concern. Yeah. I would keep monitoring it. I would also look for presence. 
is he feeling a presence while he's being poked? Is, is there something, you know, dark? Is there, you know, anything like that? I mean, if it's just, that's not really, I mean, there's other kind of poking that we consider different, but not this one. Oh, right, right. No, nothing in that area. No, yeah, and I've 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 pretty much yeah. zeroed out most stuff that you threw, and and same things I asked him, and even dream state, you know, nothing. Okay. So I I said it's just an odd thing, and I'll I'll keep yeah. working with him, and uh, nothing else outside of that, other than his sleep yeah. pattern, has been affected. Other than I'm got not getting a lot of sleep, and he's got to be on the radio every day. But okay. uh, it's just one yeah. of those things. And there's some cases, honestly, man, you're not going to get rid of that. It, you know, unless the guy moves, and, and sometimes I've had cases where they have to. You know, I got to get out. Like, like you know, like you said, it's not necessarily demonic. However, right. it, it affects people's sleep. You know, it's like this individual is working for a shift, so you know, she works thirty thirty-five minutes away. It doesn't matter if this is not horns and hooves. It's just you know, it's waking me up. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Nathaniel. I, I, I'm sure I put myself in harm's way more than <laughs> than once. And yeah. uh, I, I kind of laugh, but I had I had a re- recurring dream for a couple of years where doing the work I do, um, and I do mainly historic places. I'm not really delving into the private stuff too much anymore because mm-hmm. uh, all I was doing was trying to show that something actually was happening and then I had people I could go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this reoccurring dream and it was this awful house. I remember it from my childhood. It's no longer there, but mm-hmm. I, I was there in my dream quite often. And... Uh, you know, I felt it uh, holding me down, attacking me in the dream, yeah. throwing me around. But I was still going in there. Yeah, every time I'd have this dream, I'd still push myself to go in there because that's what I do. Yeah. And I was going to face it down. And uh, the mm-hmm. last time I had the dream, I went in there and it was picking me up in the air and I was floating. And I mean, I'm, I mean, hysterically frightened, mm-hmm. you know, in this dream. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to anybody. Very transparent about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, said a few things, uh, started doing the Lord's Prayer within my dream, which is odd for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, some things stopped. And I haven't had that dream since, but I, I kind of felt that I was going to come across a case yet, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to, where I'm going to be up against something that's really bad. Yeah. And I'm going to have to call somebody like you to come and help me, rescue me, mm-hmm. uh, to do to do your work. And I just wondered what you make of that, if you had those happen to you too. Um, I think that there are two things that have to occur that, and that are occurring. I think that as a researcher, especially if you entered this field because you encountered a haunting, you never want to let go of that inspiration. Mm-mm. You always want to keep that, that conquered encounter in your pocket. Uh, that's why there's, in ancient times they would call uh, physicians wounded healers because they hurt as much as they healed and it was their hurting that inspired them to push through the darkness to reach the person that's hurt and to heal them right and so i would I, you know i would consider that because i still have i don't have nightmares like that anymore uh, but i still in my mind's eye i go all the way back to my original haunting you know yeah. what i and really i think truthfully it's me wanting to know okay where do i stand now <laughs> right what would you do now and i think that um but once that end is banished, I, I don't really go back to it in sense of, man, I'm in holy all like I used to be. And yet I do keep a capsule of that presence in my mind thinking, hey, listen, you know what I mean? This is what pushes me forward. I do. I do. I know what you mean. And, and the fine line becomes, and I had one uh, person who had this happen to him. He, was, he, he, he reached out to me on LinkedIn 
and pretty much the same situation. He grew up in a house that was really bad, and he hadn't been to it. Uh, his parents' house, he hadn't been to it in years. And uh, he's a wealthy entrepreneur, and he's like, man, I, I live out of state. He's like, but it's going to be Thanksgiving here soon, and I have to go back into that house. And I don't want to go back there unless I, you know, unless I conquer it. And I said, well, if you do go back, go back as an adult, go back as a, you know, a person of confidence, and know that, hey, listen, you're not the same person as you were. And, you know, you, either way you're going to have to confront oh, yeah. it because I've had cases where if they didn't confront that entity, especially researchers, even demonologists, that entity will circle back and find you in a case. I've wondered that too. You beat me to one of my questions. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. wondered that too. You know, if, you know, they're still out there lurking and then mm -hmm. they see a way in and they know you're there and you're involved in this. Cause I've had, I've had a few, few people around me who used to be involved in the paranormal and they had something like that happen and they're done. They walked away and they're done and they were yeah. good at what they were doing. They were really helping people and mm -hmm. I couldn't figure it out. I could, they wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't tell me other than some small details, but I think that that's what happened to them. Yeah, and it's more than just the entity knowing you, because, you know, there's a lot of, especially cases, especially through history, like if you're Catholic exorcisms, uh, Paulino had one uh, entity when he was in seminary do this, you know, it's not just that they pull something out of your head and say, hey, listen, I know this about you. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. No, this is somebody that was there present. I know, know this, you know what I mean? And then uh, in many cases, you know, the researcher will experience, they'll remember what they experienced with that entity and that same malevolent presence. I think it's consciousness personally, but that same force, that energy field, they'll feel it and they'll realize, hey, it's that same one. You know, I, I, I often tell people that I'm in this to help too. You know, I'm here, like I said, I'm here for the dead more, more than I am the living at times. But I also wonder, are we at war? Am I, am I a soldier in the battle? I, I mean, I'm not I believe, out there looking for dark things to put things down because yeah. that's not what I do. But I, I'm curious and I want to know that there's more going on after this is done, I believe there is, but at the same time, you know, I want, I want other things put in order. Does that make any sense to you? Uh, are you saying that you want it to make sense to you? Well, you, I'm trying to find more? every time I, yeah. every time I, I think I found an answer, another question or another door opens, yeah. you know, ask more questions. Um, well, but we're, what I'm saying is, are we in a battle? Is it okay to assume that, a lot of us who are in this field, what we're doing is we're, we're kind of fighting a war to finally get these things to explain themselves or to figure out exactly what they are so that we feel Correct. a little safer. Correct. I think that we're in a war for information. And as a, a, one of my heroes, Archbishop Brown Ash said that we are the guardians of his mysteries. So that's why we have a, a, an inner, inner like hunger that. to understand this um, and help others understand this. But in terms of warfare... Right. You know, just because these entities aren't invading us with trucks and armor and missiles and, you know, planes doesn't mean they're not invading consciousness. And, and, and I mean, God, I mean, if we go into the case studies, at least the predators, at least the soul hunters have the ability to pull you out of yourself. Like uh, Betty Luca, again, I stress it because I'm telling you, I don't know if it's my ADHD, but my God, the implications for our species. You know, we got a lot of people who are going to be on TikTok and let's be Facebook famous and let's all, you know, I'm going to dress up and go to a flea market and call it a conference. No, these entities are playing a whole different ball game. Um, let me give you a case in point. Let me give you a case in point. I uh, had this remote viewer and I talk about it all the time. I don't care. It has to be spoken about. 
remote viewer was uh, going out of his body and encountering these guys. These guys were giving him messages. Many of and I, I've read some of these of these prophecies that he was given. Many of them different didn't come true. Some of them did. Right. But uh, one day he he saw these guides and they weren't who he thought they were. They manifested differently. And then when he got back into his body, they had carved religious amulets into his chest. Now, uh, these religious amulets, are you on my Facebook? Actually, are you connected to, here's a question. Well, I won't do that now, but if I thought of it earlier, I would have sent you the picture. We're, we're, friend, we're friends on Facebook, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know. I won't send it to you now unless you could put it up on the screen. And even if you did, I don't know that people will see it. Uh, but, but whatever. So anyways, when he got back into his body, they had carved three different religious amulets into his chest. Three separate. Now, what that means is demonology is just groping in the darkness right now. Why? Because we're so splintered. We're exclusive. We think we've got a corner on the phenomenon. Oh, my God, you know. Well, and all the answers. Yeah. 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 And these entities are saying, no, I'm not just going to use the Star of David. I know you guys do. And that, you know, in the Jewish demonology, and I'm not just going to use the cross, which I know you guys do. Hello, Catholic demonology. And, and, you know, none of that. I'm going to combine all three amulets and put them on this man's chest. Which means, again, they're playing by different rules here. We're, we're, see, it's almost like we're, we're, we think we know. We know symbols. We know that they've been used in the past, but they're not the way these entities are using them. You know, we're the, we're the shadow world. Wherever they are, that's the ultimate reality. And so, so what does that mean? Uh, it means it means that we have we're we're they're way beyond not, not just that that they can pull a soul out, but it means that demonology is confronted with a conundrum. We're so splintered. It's my God and not yours. It's my demons and not yours. It's my aliens and not yours. And so, what happens is they use that against us. Right. And they'll allow us to hide in those shadows of ignorance. And they'll say, as long as you don't really know what's going on, and, and we don't you, have to worry about it. Yeah. You touched on a little bit of what I thought, you know, I was mm -hmm. going to ask next was, do you think that they're involved enough with certain people, which, which is going on right now around you and I, out with, without being political, things that are happening yeah. right now, are enough of them in people or in control of people that that is exactly what's going on? Does yeah. Sound they, feasible? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And uh, it's the whole thing. It's not just, you know, different parties. It's the whole thing. When you look at it, I mean, let's look, okay, look at the implications here. Let's look at an ontology. We know for sure that these entities can look into the future at least by 30 seconds. Yeah. We know that. We know that. Um, and we know that they know that they're, when certain people die. With Betty Luca, for instance, the entities of Dr. Heard told her, your kids are going to die. And then she went to Ray Fowler, and Ray Fowler said, you know, he did an interview with uh, Art Bell. It's, you know, she could tell her, you know, it's sure enough, they did. So they could see in the future at least 30, 30 seconds. Now, if you don't believe me, look up Steve Mayer's work. He proves that, that these, these entities have precognitions, and at least they, they could see it. Um, now, they have that ability. Okay, then they also, so they also know who's going to die to a degree. And then they also have the ability to revive. Betty Luca buried a cat. She walks outside of her house, and the cat's walking with the neighborhood kid, and the, and the little boy looks up and says, I found your cat. It's the same cat, or is it? These are big questions, right? Right. So uh, you know they have. You're doing some pet cemetery shit right there, man. That's oh, creeping man. me out. But it's, but it's, yeah, it's I mean, crazy. what the hell? Well, you know, 
Like, like, okay, so uh, we do know that they've threatened death to people. Uh, and, and I'm going to use like a case study that doesn't mean there are other case studies, but there is a case study. Uh, you know, young, young man gets in a motorcycle wreck and he feels the same energy that most people feel in near death experiences, which we have to do another show on next, so hold it for sure. But it's connected, believe it or not. And, you know, they call it, many abductees and experiences call this an intelligent electricity, sucks their body out. And now this young man is talking to these entities and the entities say, hey, listen, your, your doctors do not have the ability to put your body back together again. So you have two options. Either you become our prophet. Whoa. Word for word what they said. Become a prophet. You do, you do and say everything we tell you to do. Or we're going to let you die. Now, if these are the entities certain experiencers are calling angels, then forget about 3,000 years of angelology. Let's just create our new angel. No angel threatens like that. You do what I want to do, I'm going to kill you. There's no prophet, specifically a prophet in the Bible, ever. No, it's not. It just doesn't happen, even in your you know, Jewish mythology. No. So, so, But we have cases like this. And it seems as if these entities will manipulate us. And I'm not saying that, um, that sometimes we what we're seeing is not happening. What I'm saying is uh, whatever we're dealing with is a species that has a lot, a lot of power. And right now, we don't even know, we don't even know what to fight. We don't even know what, it, what part of our potentiality they're after. Sorry. No, preach it, brother. Preach it. You know the 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 weird part of this is is again I give very similar, not in those words, but I get very yeah. similar speeches, and talks as you said about man's ignorance and just how small we are, and this is all in in retrospect to what you've you've discussed tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, we invented our own math, we invented our own physics. That just that's just the way it is. You know, we didn't discover it in a tablet underneath a magic tree somewhere. These are things that we created as as ourselves. And to think that we have all the answers on any of this stuff, even people working in this field, that we know it all, you know, we've been there, we've done it. We're just touching the iceberg. I mean, really, we're touching the iceberg. And we're minuscule in the process of what goes on. I guess the universe is the only generic term I can use uh, for me to explain greatness, folks, is where I'm going with this. It's just that, you know, open open your mind outside the box. Just because logic says it has to be a way or math says it has to be a way or you've got other people telling you this stuff is real and it can't happen. You know, I keep telling people bullshit because I've seen it. Uh, right. I, you know, you can either take my my account and I can bear witness to you all day long and other people too, you, other people who've experienced this, or you can just live in that light of ignorance because like you said, there's a lot of people that's like, I don't want to know. I really don't want to know. Yes, I'm live my yes. life. not going to get involved and I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's it's, it's very interesting because, and I, I know I, I'm related to people that are like that, you know, good people, good men and women who were just like, you know what? I don't want to touch it. And it scares them. It affects their reality. And I think that uh, the individuals who do re- this kind of research, they have a certain, they have to have a certain constitution about them, a substantive nature where they can say, "Hey, listen, I can, I can, you know, juggle both worlds in the same mind." Um, but you know, I, I do want to say this that because people always ask me, "Do you believe they're aliens or demons?" I don't think they're either. I think they're somewhere in between a ghost and an alien. In other words, I think that a lot of these entities are people who've lived and died and they've mutated. Some may have evolved, others have mutated. 
And I do believe that that a lot of this is is about using us to self-replicate whatever species they are. Yeah, that's almost like an ethereal plane exists out there, and there's just they become what they you know, not what they want to become. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yes. Which which lends a credence to a lot of different creatures and things and spirits and things that just don't look human. Uh, right. People are seeing them. We're tracking them. We're catching them on video. I mean, I can only imagine in the next 50, 60 years where mm -hmm. our video technology and, and some oh of the other God. electronics we're using currently are going to be where maybe we're finally going to, you know, start, I won't say capture, but we're going to mm -hmm. catch better, better evidence. And and I'm one of these guys and what you do, Nathaniel, Nathaniel, too, what you do is that I, I ask a lot of people who are skeptics, like how much more, how much more evidence <laughs> do you guys need? Right, right, right. For crying yeah, it's out not loud. Mary, it's not Mary Poppins out there. No. Our entire military is confusing with the disc, you know? Oh, all of it, yeah. It's, it's like, funny to me. There's and the, gov the, the government being involved with any of this, too, is a thing where it's like they're the worst liars in the world. They've proved that for right. years. If it's anybody that has a reason to be seen regarding this phenomenon, it would be them. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so I'll tell you what, man. I, I had a dream, and... This was a very unique dream. I even told my dad about it, which is rare because I'm not one that, you know, I don't think every dream is a message from God or every dream is an omen or anything, but it was right. very unique, very unique. And uh, I could feel there was like a spiritual connection in it. And in the dream, so I'm not putting a lot of weight in this. I'm just throwing this out there for people to consider. In this dream, uh, I was in a room and I looked outside. It was at nighttime and there was this diamond-shaped craft in the sky. It had orangish goldish lights, and it was just sitting there. And then instantly, there was a massive light where it turned to day, and then and then there was a freezing that occurred, froze. I can remember seeing this just wall of cold, and it, it just froze everything, the grass, everything. It was like a, a frost almost. And then I just saw these people just walking through like walking into the streets people freaking out and they're running from this the species that had that almost invaded us and I, I run down and people are like i don't know what was going on but i knew they were hurt and they were losing their lives and i look over and i see this man and he's he is i could tell he was in charge of whatever, opera, whatever operation was going on and i knew that he noticed me and he didn't do anything he didn't you know kill me didn't catch me or anything and I walked up and I said, so I'm supposed to ask you what's going on. And he just kind of looked at me and grinned. I said, so what is this exactly? He said, well, death and life were born in the same womb. I said, what? And he said, yes, your life or death. That's pretty damn deep, dude. It freaks, <laughs> it scared me. And I That's said, deep. how? He said, he said, well, you don't know. He basically told me, he's like, well, yeah, you don't know this, but there are two forms of worlds. There are two worlds. And he said that we're the other, the other entity that was born in the womb. You so, have, yeah. My, my biggest question would be, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think we all, are from. I mean, what do you think our creation is about? I mean, I, I've tried to explain it to my daughters, you know, the chicken and egg analogy. And I said, well, I just don't believe, you know, she was, well, you know, a chicken. Well, how would, how would we have the chicken without the egg first? 
mm-hmm. that's what the process is. So where mm-hmm. that original chicken come from? So correct. And she's like, I don't know what you mean. Well, that's my point. Um, we came from something. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a whole. That's a good point. You're like, well, that's my point. <laughs> that's my point. It, it, I'm not a whole creationist guy. You know that yeah. I think if the, a lot of that stuff were true, and maybe I'm an ignorant, you know, nobody. Uh, I think we'd still be witness uh, witnessing that process. So the science on a lot of that stuff has fallen short for me. Finding out that one of the you know uh, ancient men that shared our Earth isn't even related to us blew my mind a couple of years ago. How could that be? You know, we're all on the same planet. Uh, you know, the chromosomes, you get into all this, but I think, you know, in the sphere of what you've covered tonight and, and right. other things that we've talked about in the background, where the, where the, what the hell is all of it for and where did we come from? Isn't well, that the deepest question, the, like the main it's, question? It's, yeah, yeah. But it's a lot like answering that question, you know, what does the color purple smell like? Right, right. You know, you, you know what, what, what does silence sound like? Can you interpret silence? You know, over, right. you know the, you know, there's a book out there as it's written by a physicist and an oceanographer. His name is Dr. Gerald Schroeder. Schroeder talks about the science, is, of yep. and, yeah, the science of God. Uh, and he goes through a lot of stuff. You know, he answers a lot of questions that I had. And I, I've been giving that book out to a lot of people that have these questions. Now, he has what's called the Jewish perspective, which I call it the Jewish perspective because I have a high amount of respect for Jewish minds. It's just fun. And what's crazy is he's not just a physicist he's an oceanographer and so he's not just dealing with cosmology you know and he's dealing with the evolution you know and all that stuff. yeah microbiology all of it yeah it's brilliant man i love the guy but so I, I honestly i don't know what that dream means um i think it's related to my research regarding excuse me genesis 6 and i do believe it's uh regarding the ufo abduction phenomenon i mean uh, dr carla turner had a lady who was abducted <clears throat> had intercourse with an entity and uh, she became pregnant with the baby and she goes to her husband and says hey listen i'm pregnant you got to understand what happened in the abduction this ain't ours right and she said this is not going to be a viable fetus it's not going to survive full-term pregnancy and then it dies and she you know she gives birth to a stillborn baby and everything and then she's abducted again and they hand her a hybrid child with the consciousness of that baby she lost in it so again guys we we got to start rethinking this hybridization program we've got to start rethinking the missing fetus syndrome because if they're if they're if they're stealing consciousness from living people and then placing it back, does that mean they're responsible for clinical death? Makes you wonder. Does it, does that mean right? Does that mean that, that that death to them is the harvesting of a soul? Does that mean that they're harvesting consciousness by hatching it in fetuses? I think you just came up with your next book. Yeah, that's it's, that's terrifying in and of itself. That's a twelve pack right there, man. Just to. <sighs> Just to ask yourself, am I even, do I even want to consider the implications for our species? So I think that 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 whole idea of death and life were born in the same womb as twins. And that's what he said. And you're seeing the other twin today. And I'm looking at him going, all I know is life. It was the weirdest thing ever, dude. That is strange, man. That is strange. Well, yeah, we'll have you. We'll have you back on. You always, you always enlighten me, and you always. Now I'm going to have creepy ass dreams the rest of the night uh, when I go to sleep. But 
you you are amazing to talk to. I want you Make to know that. Appreciate and and, and you, it's always fun to have you on here. You're an easygoing dude. And um, let's cover part two of this. Let's let's okay. say if we can reschedule you uh, in between February and March. If you have an open date, let me know because yeah. I'll do other okay. nights besides tonight. And uh, you know we can hook you up other than Monday night. And if you're free, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll go into just let you talk about what you want to talk about because you got a lot um, to share. I don't yeah, even we, need we, to know where to ask questions because you have so much that you cover. Let's and talk. You do man. it. You you run with it. You run with it and you cover it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I love having you on. Man. Some interviews. Oh, I'm like, you're, you're passionate about what you do, and I have to respect that because <laughs> I, I get you, the same way. And you know, it's not so much a debate with anybody anymore. I just I'm just over excited about how I've helped and what I'm doing and why I'm trying to do this. And, uh, you know, I'm not changing people's minds anymore. I'm just offering up stuff for you to look at, make up your own decision within logic and common sense. And we'll go from there. And I think that's a good position to have. And I'll tell you what, it's been an honor to be on back with you guys. And, uh, you know, thank you for the opportunity to, to talk about my work. Hey, no problem. Yeah, we maybe next time we have Elmer back with us. I know that he's sure. had connection issues and they got snowstorms sitting south down there, just south of oh. you. He's down in Virginia, so they're getting coated. Yeah, um, yeah. And you guys are wow. getting hit too. But uh, thanks for being on with us, Nathaniel. And tell everybody where they can find you and tell them about your books. So, so uh, my book right now, the only book I have out right now is, uh, is it? I forgot my book. I forgot my book. I forgot uh, my moment, book. I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's a moment called Man, and uh, my next book is The Skin That Crawls. I know our people have already pre-ordered it, and um, COVID pretty much killed it because I had somebody I was going to edit it, and then and then I got yeah, it was bad. So I saw people that have pre-ordered it from it's embarrassing a long time ago that are I'm going yeah, to get thanks, it to shortly. Just saying, yeah, right. <laughs> it was rough, man. Rough. I'm going to get cut off now. Yeah, go right? ahead. <laughs> what happened? Um, yeah, so if there the people are listening that, that pre-ordered it, forgive me. I'm telling you, it's going to come soon. Uh, just been going through a lot and, and just have patience with me. Uh, but so, um, you can find me on Instagram and, and Facebook as Nathaniel Gillis. Also find me on YouTube, but man, I'm building a YouTube channel. I have over, over, I think it's 830 subscribers now and it's keeps, keeps going up more so as I do. So you guys can follow me on there. If, if you guys want to see an update, a little short, not an hour long, maybe a 15, 20 minute long little spiel about what I'm researching lately, but that's how you can connect with me. I will tell you, I don't do cleansings anymore. And I say that because I know a lot of people are interested in it and they want me to do a cleansing. I don't, I have my own reasons, many reasons, you know, I don't want to get into them now, but I, I'm more focusing on researching the phenomenon. So, but yeah, that's how you can reach out, reach out to me guys. So thanks for having me on, man. Oh, absolutely. And I will throw the invite out to you, and I'm going to tell everybody before I get off here. uh, Everybody remember August 20th. Remember that date, August 20th in Hartford, Michigan? Uh, We're doing a thing called Ghostorama. Now, what this is is like a paranormal meet and greet, much uh, very similar to what I used to do in Indianapolis. We'd go to the meet and greet there at the Hannah House, and uh, we're kind of pulling off the same thing. So you have the invite, Nathaniel, if you can make the, the, the trip up here. Uh, you have a free 10 by 10 space. Just bring your canopy because weather, you know, weather in Michigan, yeah. it's like Ohio too. It changes oh, in yeah. 15 minutes, especially oh, with the lake. So um, we're going to have that going, folks. It's called Ghostorama. If you want, go to look it up on Ghostorama on Facebook, and you'll find a lot of things we're going to have there. We're going to have uh, paranormal people. Uh, we're going to have a car show with a lot of movie cars. You can see the, the official Michigan Mach 5. Yes, I did say the Mach 5 from Speed Racer. Uh, we also got the Scooby-Doo van which is pretty cool. Uh, the Great Lakes Ghostbuster Coalition, yours truly's car will be there along with some replicas and, and many of our Ghostbusters. So it's kind of like a paranormal meets 
Comic-Con, and then Classic Monsters, because we're also going to have uh, the Headless Horseman there, who's on our poster, uh, along with Frankenstein and some of the others that we love. And, of course, vendors, if you know vendors that would like to uh, purchase a space there, uh, we'd love to have them come out and sell their wares. But you have my invite, sir. Give you a free space you. if you can make it up. Thank and you. I'd love to have you up here and uh, meet people and talk about what you do. Um, sure. All the sure. other details are on Ghost Rama on Facebook. Uh, go to Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com, historic Hotel Nichols, hotelnichols.com. And, of course, you, you guys can't see me, but I'm pointing to my hat, I guess, from Nathaniel. See this gun barrel coffee out of Batavia, <clears throat> Illinois. It's good coffee, I'm telling you. It's, uh, he comes from a long line of, uh, in his family of roasters. So his great-grandfather was a roaster. He's a roaster. And uh, they're veterans, and it's owned by veterans, and proceeds of all the sales of popcorn and brief jerky and T-shirts and mugs. I could go on a whole plethora of listing their, their items. Um, uh, sales of that goes to help out a lot of veterans administrations. And, of course, uh, Valhalla, Till Valhalla is one of my favorites because we lose 22 vets a day to suicide, and we definitely want to give them time. Nathaniel. Love you, man. Keep keep Let's up your faith and stay healthy. <laughs> Please stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. And everybody, uh, keep your eyes to the sky and happy hunting. And if you cannot be kinder and smarter, please be quieter. That's all I ask. Cost you nothing to be nice to anybody. Honestly.